Hello, welcome to this episode of The Daily. Today is the 22nd of June. I'm Janice, bringing you today's reflection. Many of us expressed a wee bit of disappointment that the measures are not relaxing as hoped. But we also are aware that the precautionary measures are needed to reduce the spread, reduce the number of infections. Well, as if yesterday we were able to dine in with another person, right? In twos, which is nice for change of scenery outside of our homes. If you've never had to be selective about who to eat with before, now you do. For many years of my childhood, I enjoyed times with my dad who would always be working on some kind of project. He was a man of many passions, or should I say obsessions. He was into badminton, ping pong, Chinese chess, woodworking, bonsai trees, birds, photography, whether landscape or portraiture, whatever, hiking or climbing. At any given season or time of year, he was always perfecting his skills in one of these hobbies. Some of my fondest memories are of me squatting next to him over a big metal pot full of fresh fish and watching him make fish balls, which in my humble opinion, were the best fish balls ever. To this day, I don't think I've come across fish balls that can match my dad's amazing version. And no, I'm not being biased when I say that, obviously. It's true. <laughs> I can distinctly recall my dad involving me very gradually in stages in the process. First, I learned how to scrape the flesh off until only the skin is left. Then the next time he made another batch, he would not just show me, but he would let me try. And then soon I could scrape them all by myself. And then the next time around, he'll explain why he mashed the flesh the way he did. He didn't make fish balls very often. It, it was like a twice a year or thrice a year type of thing. So I think it was over the course of several years, actually, before I grasped the whole process from start to end. And I could explain it. If anybody asked about a step or whatever step in the process. It was the same with other activities like photography. In fact, among his fellow photographer friends, I was known as his little apprentice who tagged along and carried his tripods wherever he went for shoots. Just two days ago, it was Father's Day. And for my family, it was extra special because my father-in-law's birthday happened to fall on that same day. The kids couldn't fuss about it enough for days on end. It is good to have occasions to celebrate and affirm each other. I hope you had a good Father's Day celebration uh, for you guys who did. It's a good opportunity, right, for us to reflect on family, um, on our parents, or on ourselves as parents. In Deuteronomy 5, verse 29, God said to his people, Oh, that they had such a heart as this always, to fear me and keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. God has such a longing for his people to bring up their next generation with hearts for him, hearts that fear him and keep all his commandments, not because he was a tyrant or a dictator, but because they had known God's mercy and faithfulness. They had experienced firsthand the wisdom of walking in God's ways, how that has been their story and testimony and encounter of Yahweh, and thus they have a legacy to pass on to their children and their children's children after them. As a parent, I'm impacted as I reflect on this that I have the responsibility and the privilege of raising my children in the way they should go, according to God's purposes for their lives. We know it's true that parents are to be the first disciples of their kids. We, unfortunately, also know that many of us have not taken this as a priority in our lives. But there we see God's longing. 
when he said, Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. And some of you listening to this, you may not be parents, but listen on. In one way or another, we all have influenced the lives of somebody younger. We all know someone of the younger generation, have some kind of interaction with them. And we all can be part of God's longing to see the next generation grow in the knowledge and fear of God. Young people who hunger for truth and thirst for God's goodness in the world. If you don't, you can be intentional, you know, to look out for maybe your neighbor's kid, your cousins, or those teens from church. Build a relationship with them, be a godly, caring influence. God doesn't merely long for our children to know and love Him, but He actually commands us to help them do so, to bring them up with intentionality, and that's intentional discipleship. It's His longing and His command. We should take it seriously to have a posture and desire to be part of the work of instilling God's values in the next generation, which, by the way, trumps and outlasts the worldly values we are pummeled by on a daily basis. Because there is such a great need for tangible examples of God's grace, His power, His goodness in the world. Intentionally discipling children from young is setting them up beyond worldly definitions of success and achievement for the kingdom that will not be shaken, for the one king that will be the only and most worthy author and finisher of their faith. For the world to experience the reality of God, our next generation must experience Him daily, consistently, tangibly, and of course, the home is the real locus for this to take place. I remember during Circuit Breaker how tough it was for Matt and I to, you know, schedule in a time for Bible learning on Sunday mornings. I mean, you know, some days you're tired and some days it just feels useless or unappreciated. I mean, we're not as lively or fun as the gush teachers, right? There were times when neither one of the kids heard anything we shared or anything that we, we taught ever registered in their heads or even sat down uh, for the for the learning time I mean when we were young I'm not sure if we were that attentive maybe we were like that too then there were times when there would be surprise moments like one of them repeating a line that we taught or recalling a craft they made or when they remind me of something I instructed them about you know when they go like why are you doing what you said not to do mommy or why are you not doing what you taught us to do, mommy? You know, those moments, which is great. I mean, who's the one being discipled here? Daddy and mommy, of course. <laughs> and the more I try to be intentional, the more I get a good look at my own belief system, which influences my moment-by-moment -moment interactions with my kids and causes me to self-reflect which uh, on things I've never had to examine before and, and seek God for wisdom. Now, Although we're not in circuit breaker mode, the fact is we are spending a lot of time at home. Matt and I are trying to make good use of this time to instill good things in our kids, bond more and you know, engage in more positive activities with a lot of effort. And I share this because I know we all need encouragement to persevere. As we spend this time in this season, how can we have a posture and desire to instill a love for God and His ways? in our kids, in someone younger in whose life you have influence. No doubt it's hard, it's difficult, even awkward or tiring. No doubt sometimes we feel outright inadequate. The, ta the task is daunting, really. The struggle cannot be more fierce. 
for many households where we've not been intentional or this priority has been crowded out by many other things or hobbies or activities or classes, the question is what and who are our next generation being discipled by while we're not watching or while we're not discipling them? They're definitely being shaped by other things, other people. It's, you know, we're swimming upstream. Their amount of entertainment, gadget use, social media, these, these don't make it easier. But yet, our encouragement comes from knowing God promises us His supply in the struggle. And He promises that this will go well with us and with them. Even as we keep this as a foremost practice and habit in our homes, in our families, in our church, that God he Himself is in the throes of our discipling of our children. He is with us. He is for us. We can either struggle to raise God-fearing children with His help, His supply of wisdom, strength, and creativity, or we struggle without His supply, but on our own. In learning to make fish balls from my dad, I witnessed not so much his skills or competence, although I saw those as well. What I witnessed was his conviction for being a lifelong learner, for excellence, diligence, despite work problems, heartache amid like bad times, physical weakness, even when no one is looking or applauding him. Paul Tripp in his book, Parenting, where he talks about 14 gospel principles for family, writes this. So your hope as a parent is not found in your power, your wisdom, your character, your experience, or your success. But in this one thing alone, the presence of your Lord, the Creator, Savior, Almighty, Sovereign King is with you. Let your heart rest. You are not in this parenting drama alone. Your potential is greater than the size of your weaknesses because the one who is without weakness is with you. And he does his best work through those who admit that they are weak, but in weakness still heed his call. Why not seek his help, his blessing in doing his work of raising disciples in our homes and in our churches? Some of you, you've experienced God in your parenting, in discipling the kids which would bless other parents and encourage other families and even the church at large. Some of you face immense challenges with certain aspects of raising kids well or even tearful times and you need support but don't know how or where to get it. I encourage you to get with someone, another parent or a life group buddy and just share and pray and look to him together. Personally, I've had some of the warmest times and the biggest laughs just sharing stories with some of you fellow parents out there. Like, you know, even painful times, which, you know, when we call them, it can be lighthearted because we know it's part of the journey and we're not alone. When we share little victories or struggles in our journey together, I believe testimonies that can come out of these is what transforms us, transforms our homes, our families, our church and the city for the kingdom. We echo God's longing that it be our longing too. Oh, that we have such a heart as this always, to fear God and to keep all His commandments, that it might go well with us and with our descendants forever. I invite you to spend the next few minutes in a time of reflection. If you're able to, get some place where you can do this reflection in quiet. 
Now shut out as much as possible any distraction. Close your eyes to help you focus. Ask God to shine His light on your life. God, shine your light and help me see. I want to see my life through your eyes and not my own. Scripture tells us that when we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. So rest in His presence and tune in to His Spirit. Now in that place of stillness, thank God for your child or your children. If you're not a parent, thank God for the kids that you know, whom God brings to mind. Express your thanksgiving freely. Now look over the past 24 hours of your life. Review your times with these children, activities or conversations or interactions, and let the events play out in your memory one by one. Are there any moments that stand out? Was there a moment that God was especially present? Ask God to show you. Was there a moment when you felt negative emotions? What happened? Ask God to show you. Take some time to think about your relationship with your children or children. Ask God to guide your thoughts to what He would like you to reflect on. Is there something that needs attention? Is there something to say or not say, do or not do? Let God show you. If you need more time for this, you can pause this. Now, as you reflect on what God is showing you, ask God to search your heart deeper. Is there something in your heart that God wants to surface? A blind spot? A generational pattern? An underlying belief that is contrary to God's? Let this surface and linger on them, asking God for help. If there was something that surfaced, something that God wants to help you with in your relationship with your child or children, now ask God to speak to you and receive His response for you. Now, let's look forward with gratitude we thank God for His supply, His help, and resolve to act, speak, and think as He directs you in these relationships. And you can pray back to God.
Let me pray for you before we end. Father God, we come and we say we are grateful for how you have shown us your longing for us and our next generation and the generation after. We thank you that you are our center, you are um, our focus, you are our foundation, and you give your word and you are our supply, and you are our promise. And so we give our hearts to you, over to you for your use. Teach us to be godly and loving influence for those of the younger generation, whether they are our children or other children. Teach us as your people to uh, raise them up your way, according to your, your wisdom and your teaching and your guidance and with your help, with your supply of wisdom and creativity. And we say yes to your help. We receive all of it with gratitude. And we say, may we grow stronger as disciples at home and in the world for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Daily. I hope you've been enriched. Have a great day. Hey, Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.